We are going to talk about a lot in this episode. We're going to talk about COVID-19 treatments and vaccinations, and the fact that African Americans are more skeptical of these treatments and vaccinations on average than any other race or ethnicity, and dig in to a possible explanation for why this might be. We're going to talk about the sexually transmitted disease syphilis. And we're going to talk about a part of U.S. history that you may or may not be aware of, known as the Tuskegee Experiment. Now, this one might run a little long because I have numerous subjects to discuss, several articles to go through, and plenty of my own thoughts to share and, and I wanted to get as much info as possible, and I wanted to get it right. Now, I pulled from three different sources for all the information I'm going to present in the video. And I will link them all in the description if you want to dive in deeper to any of these subjects. So go check those out if you're interested. But for now, let's get this show on the road. People are skeptical. A significant portion of Americans are at least hesitant to trust COVID-19 treatments and especially vaccinations. And there are several reasons, including, but not limited to, the fact that this is still a very new disease, that scientists and medical professionals are still studying and finding new things every day. Also, the vaccines were fast-tracked, like never before in history, at least that I can recall. They've never developed a vaccine this fast, like so quickly, to deal with a novel disease. So it stands the reason that people would naturally be skeptical when it comes to the viability and the safety and the side effects of the treatments for such a new sickness that we still don't fully understand. Now, while I said that many Americans are skeptical, no one, it seems, is more skeptical of these treatments than black Americans. And just so you know that I'm not talking out of my ass here, here's an article from Pew Research that talks about just that. All right, as I said, this article is from Pew Research Center, and this came out June 4th, 2020. The headline is, Black Americans face higher COVID-19 risks, but are more hesitant to trust medical scientists and get vaccinated. Black Americans have been hit hard by the coronavirus outbreak, accounting for a disproportionate share of COVID-19 deaths. At the same time, they stand out from other racial and ethnic groups in their attitudes toward key healthcare questions associated with the outbreak. In particular, black adults are more hesitant to trust medical scientists, embrace the use of experimental medical treatments, and sign up for a potential vaccine to combat the illness, according to a recent Pew Research Center survey. And then they have, um, they have a, 
a big graph here, but this this kind of this kind of tells what it is. Nationally, black Americans account for about 13% of the US population, but 24% of the coronavirus deaths for which racial or ethnic information was available as of June 2nd. The disparity is particularly wide in some states. In Kansas and Wisconsin, black people account for 6% of each state's population, but 29% and 26% of deaths, respectively. The biggest proportional disparities out of the states for which demographic data on the coronavirus deaths is available. In Missouri, blacks account for 12% of population, but 37% of deaths. In eight states overall, the black share of coronavirus deaths is at least twice as high as the black share of the population. Public health experts have offered a mix of explanations for these disparities. They include higher rates of pre-existing health conditions that increase the risk of complications from coronavirus, social and economic factors that contribute to health risk, and long-standing inequities in health care across um, access and outcomes for black Americans compared with other racial and ethnic groups. The experiences and attitudes of black Americans during the coronavirus pandemic have drawn national attention. This analysis is based on data from multiple sources. Data about the COVID-19 deaths among black Americans is drawn from the COVID tracking project. Um, Okay, and then it goes on to tell where the data came from. Um, Here are the questions used for this report along with responses, its methodology. In the center's recent survey conducted April 29th to May 5th among 10,957 U.S. adults, around 7 in 10 black adults, 71%, said public health officials like those at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are doing an excellent job or good job responding to coronavirus outbreak. The views of black Americans on this question are about the same as those of Hispanic and white adults. But when it comes to broader expectations and trust in medical researchers, black adults are more wary. For example, 35% of black Americans have a great deal of confidence in medical scientists to act in the public interest, compared with 43% of white adults. Similar patterns appear on other questions too. Around half of black Americans, 53%, have a mostly positive view of medical research and scientists, compared with around two-thirds of Hispanics, 67%, and 68% white adults. And around 6 in 10 black adults have a mostly positive view of medical doctors versus 75% of white adults. The less trusting and less positive overall views that black adults express toward medical experts are in line with those documented in past center surveys. In January 2019 survey, for instance, black Americans expressed more mixed views about the effects that science has had on society, and they were more likely than whites to say misconduct among medical experts is a big problem. In the more recent survey, black adults also expressed more wariness than Hispanic and white adults about some forms of medical care, including expanding access to experimental drugs before clinical trials are completed, and is occurring now with uh, the coronavirus patients. A 57% majority of black adults say the risks of expanding experimental treatments outweigh the benefits, while 41% say the benefits outweigh the risks. 
Hispanic 53%, and white adults 63%, are more likely than black adults to say the benefits outweigh the risks. Meanwhile, a little over half of black adults, 54%, say they would definitely or probably get a coronavirus vaccine if one were available today, while 44% say they would not. Hispanic and white adults are far more likely to say they would get the vaccine. 74% in both groups say they would, while around a quarter say they would not. So, as I said, I uh, <laughs> I researched this a little bit. I'm not just talking out of my ass. Um, this, this is real. Uh, it's a real thing. I'm not just making things up. This is not just my view of things. Um, it, it's documented. This is how different races and ethnicities uh, feel about medical research and science kind of overall and how trusting they are of you know, experimental treatments or new treatments and vaccines. Um, so, so it's a thing. And now, uh, the next thing I'm going to dig into, it might seem unrelated at first, but when we get to today's main point, um, the main story that I wanted to talk about today, which is the Tuskegee study. Uh, I said the Tuskegee experiment earlier, but it's uh, officially, it's called the Tuskegee study. Um, then it'll make a lot more sense. But right now, we're going to talk about syphilis. That's right, the sexually transmitted disease, syphilis. So, just to give you a, a quick little, most people know what syphilis is, you know, um, but I think it's, I think it's important to reiterate some of these main points uh, just because of what we're going to be talking about. So, Syphilis is a bacterial infection usually spread by sexual contact that starts as a painless sore. Syphilis develops in stages, this is important, and symptoms vary with each stage. Now, the stages they have listed here, stage one, three to 90 days after exposure, you get a sore. And that's basically it, and it can be painless, right? Stage two, which happens four to 10 weeks after the initial infection, you get a body rash, which they say can also be uh, not that big of a deal. It's a rash. It's kind of painless most of the time. Sometimes it's a little itchy. Otherwise, you're not seeing major health problems. But this is where it gets dangerous. This is where it gets wacky, okay? Stage three affects internal organs. Stage three sets in three to 15 years after initial infection. And I have a list here of kind of like what, what happens there. Stage three, the final stage, can result in damage to the brain, nerves, eyes, and heart. Now, before there was regular treatment for, for, uh, for syphilis, which is it's just penicillin. Um, regular antibiotics will clear up syphilis, no big deal. You go to your doctor, and it used to be you would have to get a shot or a series of shots. Nowadays, you know, they just give you a, a, a Z-pack. You know, they, they, they give you a, a set of antibiotics to take, just like if you had, um, you know, an upper respiratory infection or something like that, some, some, some sort of bacterial infection. Very easy to nip it in the bud. Um, but before that, you know, 
and and people who don't get treatment. Um, this was a big deal. This was uh, syphilis was a really big deal um, in history. If you go back before the, the the discovery that penicillin could be used for syphilis, um, and before we even had antibiotics at all, um, it was a major it was a major reason for deaths. Um, a lot of people were dying from syphilis. A lot of people, I mean, this is like, it'll be in later stages of life, right? They wouldn't even know they had it. And then something really bad would happen. Um, you know, they would have problems with their heart or with their lungs or, um, other internal organs, or some people even went fucking crazy. Um, they, you know, they developed problems in their brain, um, and, and would have like psychotic breaks toward, you know, toward the end of life before it basically killed them. Uh, I believe, um, Al Capone ended up dying from syphilis. Like there is a lot of, of, um, famous people who ended up the, the official, you know, way that they died, the official, uh, reason for death on their death certificate is syphilis. I mean, this was like a pretty common disease that would eventually harm you very badly and lead to your death. Um, before it was easily treatable. So that's, uh, that's syphilis for you. And now we're going to get into what, what this episode is really all about. And that is the Tuskegee study. All right, before I dig into this article, I'm going to give you a general overview of the Tuskegee study. Um, this was something pretty diabolical, okay? This was, a, I, I call it an experiment, and some people call it an experiment, but it's a, officially, it was a study, right? Um, what they did in the late 1920s is they decided, this is medical researchers, um, government entities, um, they, they, they wanted to see what the long-term effects of syphilis were on African Americans. And this was a this was a major problem with African Americans. Um they they weren't they, they were having different problems than other ethnicities when it came to um syphilis and how it affected them um, at later stages. But they didn't know enough about it. So these researchers wanted to find out what happens when you do not do any kind of treatment for African Americans with syphilis? And so they did this. Let, let, let me just dig into the article now. That That's the overview, okay? Um, they, they did these experiments. Um, they did this study without the knowledge of the people that were in the study. They did not tell the participants that they were part of a study all they told them is that they were getting free health care. And these people, some of them were sick, some of them were not, right? That's how you do a study. You take healthy people and you take sick people and, and you do placebo tests and you see what... But all they were doing here, they were telling them that they were treating them for, uh, quote, bad blood, which is a... It's an all-encompassing term that they used back then for a, a, a host of diseases, a, a bunch of different ailments, right, that they didn't quite know what they were. They would call them bad blood, right? And syphilis was one of these things. 
And so they told these participants, you're getting free medical treatment from the government. It's a government program. We're going to give you free medical treatment to treat your bad blood, right? Uh, what they were really doing is giving them placebo. They were giving them sugar pills. They were giving them nothing at all and pretending like they were giving them medications, treatments, right? And and this was before, like I said, we had a a, a readily available treatment that we knew worked, right? You can knock it right out with penicillin. Um, they did not know that at this stage. Um, they they, but they did have treatments for it. The only problem is in this in this uh, study they were doing, they weren't actually giving anyone any kind of treatment. They were giving them all placebo, and they were just comparing the healthy participants with the ones that had syphilis, and they were watching to see what happens and documenting it. And that was it. That was it. And the worst part of it, um, I mean, we'll, we'll dig in really deep in this article, but the worst part of it was that even when they discovered years later that the best treatment was to use penicillin to knock this thing right out and cure people of the disease, they kept the fucking experiment going. They didn't tell them. They didn't tell them they were part of a study. They didn't tell them they had syphilis. They didn't tell them they had a cure for it. Nothing. They just kept watching these people get worse and worse through the years. So let me, it's, 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 it's absolutely like, it, it's a point. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's terrible, right? But I, I think maybe even with this information, if I, if I dig into this article, I think you're going to, um, be even, be even more appalled. So here we go. This is an old article. This is from uh, May 16th, 2017, uh, but it was updated July 29th, 2019. Okay. Tuskegee Experiment, the infamous syphilis study. The, Tuske the Tuskegee Experiment began in 1932 at a time when there was no known treatment for syphilis. After being recruited by the promise of free medical care, 600 men originally were enrolled in the project. The participants were primarily sharecroppers, and many had never before visited a doctor. Doctors from the U.S. Public Health Service, which was running the study, informed the participants, 399 men with latent syphilis, and a control group of 201 others who were free of the disease, they were being treated for bad blood, a term commonly used in the area at the time to refer to a variety of ailments. The men were monitored by health workers, but only given placebos such as aspirin and mineral supplements. Despite the fact penicillin became recommended treatment for syphilis in 1947, right, this is about, what, 15 years later, PHS researchers convinced local physicians in Macon County not to treat the participants, and research was done at the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Institute, now called Tuskegee University. The school was founded in 1881 with Booker T. Washington as its first teacher. In order to track the disease's full progression, researchers provided no effective care as the men died, went blind or insane, or experienced other severe health problems due to their untreated syphilis. In the mid-1960s, 
a PHS venereal disease investigator in San Francisco named Peter Buxton found out about the Tuskegee study and expressed his concerns to his superiors that it was unethical. In response, PHS officials formed a committee to review the study, but ultimately opted to continue it with the goal of tracking the participants until all had died. Autopsies were performed and the project data could be analyzed. As a result, Buxton leaked the story to a reporter friend who passed it on to a fellow reporter at the Associated Press. Gene Heller broke the story in July 1972. So this is like 30 years after the study started. Prompting public health outrage or pu- prompting public outrage and forcing the study to shut down. By that time though, 28 participants had perished from syphilis. 100 more had passed away from related complications. At least 40 spouses had been diagnosed with it and the disease had been passed to 19 children at birth. In 1973, Congress held hearings on the Tuskegee experiments and the following year, the study's surviving participants, along with their heirs and those who died, received a $10 million out-of-court settlement. Additionally, new guidelines were issued to protect human subjects in U.S. government-funded research projects. In 1947, the Nuremberg Code was established in response to Nazi physicians forcibly performing gruesome experiments on prisoners in concentration camps during World War II. The document set forth basic ethical principles for medical research involving human subjects, such as the requirement that a person must give informed consent before participating in an experiment. As a result of the Tuskegee experiment, many African Americans developed a lingering, deep mistrust for public health officials. In part to foster racial healing, President Clinton issued a 1997 apology stating, the United States government did something that was wrong, deeply, profoundly, morally wrong. It is not only in remembering that shameful past that we can make amends and repair our nation, but it is in remembering that past that we can build a better present and future. During his apology, the president announced plans for the the establishment of Tuskegee University's National Center for Bioethics in Research and Healthcare. The final study participant passed away in 2004. In 2010, President Barack Obama and other federal officials apologized for another unethical U.S.-sponsored medical study conducted decades earlier in Guatemala. In that study, from 1946 to 1948, nearly 700 men and women, prisoners, soldiers, mental patients, were intentionally infected with syphilis. Hundreds more people were exposed to other STDs as part of the study, without their knowledge or consent. The purpose of the study was to determine whether penicillin could prevent, not just cure, syphilis infection. Some of those who became infected never received medical treatment. The results of the study, which took place with the cooperation of Guatemalan government officials, were never published. The American public health researcher in charge of the project, John Cutler, went to become a lead researcher in the Tuskegee experiments. So... That's it. That's uh that's the Tuskegee experiment, the Tuskegee study. 
and it's fucking terrible. Um, I didn't know the details of this study. In fact, I, I heard from someone at some point that, that, um, they had intentionally given these participants, uh, syphilis. Now, while I wouldn't put that past, um, obviously you can't put it past, uh, our government and, and uh, <laughs> these medical researchers to do these things can't put it past them because they did it. They did it in Guatemala, right? They're saying it right here. Um, but I think, I think where I got those mixed up is what it was. I, I think I got it mixed up. I thought that the Tuskegee experiment was the one where they, where they injected them with syphilis to see what would happen. Um, and while it's, uh, it, it's not quite that diabolical, it's still supremely fucked up. It's still like, a horrible thing to do to another human being. Like to, to, to pretend like you're helping someone and, and just be watching them suffer and and seeing what happens. Like, yeah, I mean, it's more than unethical. It's just wrong. It's just wrong at that basic level. Um, but yeah, I never knew the details of this. So I'm, I'm really glad I dug into it. Uh, this actually came as a suggestion from my wife, um, we were driving in the car one day and, and she asked like, if I knew about this and I was like, uh, yeah, I think I've, I think I've heard of that. And she's like, well, that's what you should be talking about on, on the, uh, your daily podcast there. Maybe that's a subject you can do. And so I was like, uh, all right, you know, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll see if, uh, it's something I can bring to the podcast or bring to the YouTube channel. So, um, thank you to my wife, Eva, for that suggestion, because I learned something and I hope I hope that some some listeners, um, some viewers learned something new. Maybe there's some people who had never heard of this or didn't know the details of it, like me, um, that learned something today. So, um, yeah, uh, I, th- that, that was my point, obviously, in bringing up the, the mistrust of medical research and government entities within the African-American community. Um, and how it's higher than any other racial or ethnic group. And, uh, yeah, I, I, fuck yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be more mistrusting? It's it's common sense to be. Um, yeah, how, how could you not have a, a lingering mistrust, um, when, when you may have heard about this or had this even passed down through generations of like, hey, you can't trust these people in power or these people who, you know, are saying they want to help you because they might be doing something nefarious. Like, makes total sense to me. Total sense. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, that was on me to try to tie that together, this, uh, this kind of recent story with something from the past. And hopefully it gelled well. Hopefully it, it, it made sense to put those things together. And I didn't just, uh, throw two random topics together for you guys. I, I hope that, um, putting them together made it a better episode. You know? Um, but I'd love to hear what you guys think, or, you know, I didn't go into super detail on this. Maybe you have some stuff to share. Let me know. Um, and, and let me know what you thought of this podcast because I, you know, I'm kind of inspired by Dan Cummins, uh, Time Suck podcast. And I, I really like doing these kind of deeper dives into a subject. And 
I'm especially into history. So, you know, that might be a thing going forward where I, I do kind of a, a historical deep dive on something. Uh, maybe it'll just be once a week or something, but, but that's something I'd like to do because I've always been interested in history and, you know, I've, I've always kind of had this thing where I wanted to, to someday teach history. I don't know if I would ever do that, but, um, but it's fun for me to, to dive into stuff that I don't know about. And I think it's cool if I can share that information with other people. So this might be a thing I keep going. Um, if that's something that you guys are into, um, if not, you know, I, I might still do it anyway, because that's kind of what I do on this channel. But, um, if, if you enjoy this episode, uh, please like it, please share it. Uh, if you think it's important information and, if you like what I do here, what I do on this channel is I cover a random topic every day. Uh, a lot of times it's entertainment and pop culture related, but sometimes it's just thoughts on, um, you know, the current state of affairs in the world, um, politics, um, stories from my dysfunctional uh, youth, <laughs> different things. Um, but I try to put out an episode every day. I'm not perfect, but most days I'm putting some content out there. If that's something you can vibe with, if that if you want something new in your feed every day, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or favorite or follow the podcast. And um, if you decide to do that, if you decide to stick around, then I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks.